Hey everybody, welcome out to another fun-filled episode of Burnt Popcorn. I'm your co-host, Mike Laidman, and I'm joined with none other than... Laura Laidman. Each and every week we take a movie from our past and we have a look back and see if it's just nostalgia keeping our high-praise classic films afloat, or if it really is the real deal and worthy of all the adulation. How are you doing, hon? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Good. This is our first recording in the new house. In our new house. New house. New house. As our two-year-old would say. New, yes. The two-year-old is all about new house. New house. New house. So, anywho, it's lovely to be here. Yeah, and it's a very different setup than we're used to. Yeah, we aren't all cramped together two feet from each other in a small basement office? room that office? we made an office. Yeah. And now we're in a big room. You're on a nice comfy couch and I'm in my desk chair. Yeah, because you got your fancy setup now, exactly how you wanted it. Well, you want to get a bigger desk, you said. I do want to get a bigger desk. Which, and I mean, that would be cool. Yeah, because then I can bring a bunch of things back into my workflow that I haven't had in a long time. Like yeah. my Wacom Cintiq. And then I can get my filing cabinet because these are the things I want now that I'm in my 30s. Yay, filing cabinets. I want to get a nice one, like light or maybe even pink pink they do pink probably anyway i mean yeah i can we're imagine. not a we're not a home decor podcast no no we're not we are a movie watching podcast and we watched this was also the first movie we watched in the new house yeah and thankfully we were able to watch it on an actual television and not hooked up to a laptop hooked up to a monitor that was taped to a bed frame that's how we watched the new conjuring movie and honestly it wasn't a great movie, so I'm not too... Yeah, no, it was easily it was the worst a... Conjuring movie. Yeah, like, I would put the first Annabelle movie as still the worst of the Conjuring universe. Oh, I, I'm going just Conjuring movies. Oh, movies okay. with Conjuring, Conjuring in the title. Conjuring, like, extended universe. The mm -hmm. first Annabelle still poorly still, done. Still toots the poots. But out of the whole kit and caboodle, I think I might have liked The Nun better than this one. It just wasn't... I know they tried to do something. Anyway, this is not a new movie no, podcast. This is not a new this movie is a, podcast either. This is a classic film a podcast. A nostalgic film podcast. That's right. And this week, we will be talking about The Mask, which originally hit theaters back in 1994. This is the story of Stanley Ipkiss. Stanley, you are the nicest guy. <laughs> really, you are. Yeah. He loves his dog. Come on, give him to me. Drop it. He's polite to his landlord. Epkis, do you have any idea what time it is? You know, Mrs. Painman. What? Nothing. And the most exciting thing in his life are his pajamas. But now... Hey, you! What are you doing down there? I'm just looking for my mask! All that is about to change. <laughs> because Stanley Ipkiss is not the man he used to be. Spoken! It's like it brings your innermost desires to life. You become some sort of love-crazy wild man. I want him here tomorrow, alive! Now you have to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Do you? Bunks. <laughs> Jim Carrey is. That's the guy. Hello. <laughs> the mask. Ooh, somebody stop me! 
Okay. I was wondering if you were going to do some sort of like zoot suit ska. Like, no. No. Noises. Because that's like, if I think of this movie, that's all I think of is that sound. You know, the. the... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Swing music. Anyway. Swing movies. Yes. So July 1994. Mm-hmm. Want to hear a big one? Right off the hop. Sure. On July 5th, 1994, Amazon.com is founded in Bellevue, Washington by Jeff Bezos. The monster is unleashed. Yeah. July 8th, preliminary trial rules. There's enough evidence to try O.J. Simpson. Oh, wow. That's a big one. really want to date things, eh? On July 13th, Jeff Galuli is sentenced to two years for the attack on Nancy Kerrigan. Oh. Yeah, really like some historical stuff. Man, these are some good ones. Yeah, and then this one, special for you. Oh, for me. On July 17th, Mm -hmm. what do you think might have happened on July 17th in wrestling? Two days before my my 10th birthday. Can Can you figure it out? Well, it's too early for. Was this the formation of the Mega Powers? No, no, the Mega Powers would be done by then. No, because yeah, I'll give you a hint. It was WCW. Is this when Hogan went to the WCW? He it, it is Hulk Hogan. Yeah, is when he wins the WCW title at Bash at the Beach from Ric Flair. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I knew if I gave you a few little breadcrumbs, you'd get there. Because <laughs> as we we haven't really discussed on this podcast, Mike is a big wrestling fan, and I do enjoy the wrestling. But we're in a bit of a wrestling break right yes. now because, as you do with professional wrestling, it ebbs and flows. Yes, and it's definitely in a ebb. Ebb. <laughs> right now, it has been for a couple of years. WWE is just a train wreck right now. Yeah. And- Vince McMahon's got to go. But anyway, anyway, we're not a wrestling podcast. No. <laughs> How many other podcasts can this podcast be this week? <laughs> we're trying out some new things. No, no. Wait till we do a movie that is like a WWD produced movie. Oh, God. Did any of them do well enough to make number one? I remember Maybe. watching. I remember watching a movie with Hulk Hogan in it as a child, though. Was it Suburban Commando? I think it was more of a comedy. They're all comedies. I don't know then. This okay, so there's Suburban Commando, which is the one with Christopher Lloyd, which also has the Undertaker in it. I don't think that was it. He's a I space think it was alien. a beach movie. It's a beach movie. Was it no. There's a three ninjas movie where he's in it and he's wearing a really bad toupee. I did watch the three ninjas movies. Was it the Thunder in Paradise movie where he's driving the boat? I, it, it was like it was like Knight Rider, but with a boat. Maybe I'll have to watch some trailers. Okay. So, do we want to talk about the box office in July of 1994? Yeah. Well, what a summer, July 90. July 1994, pretty good year, I'd say. This is a banger year. Lion King kicked things off in July, mm. technically June, but into July. And then it was Forrest Gump. Yep. Then True Lies. Oh, another Which is banger. another one I'd love to cover. One day we'll do it. One day. Because it's a great movie. Then it was. Forrest Gump again, 21 million. <laughs> Forrest Gump goes in and it's like other movie, Forrest Gump, other movie, Forrest Gump, other movie, Forrest Gump for weeks through the whole summer. It's crazy. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, but then The Mask took number one for one week at 23 million and it was beaten by Clear and Present Danger, which was then again beaten by Forrest Gump. The top three films of the year were Forrest Gump at 329.7 million, Lion King at 312.8 million. 
True Lies at 146.3 million, and The Mask was ninth overall at 119.9 million dollars. Damn. Yeah. Now we, I would say we were probably old enough that our parents, there's a chance we would have been taken to see this in the theaters. I was ten. Yeah. I, I did nine. not. I did not see this in theaters that I can think of. No, I don't think I did either. I remember we rented Ace Ventura, and I remember loving it. Yes. And I'm pretty sure this was another rental because my sister would have been just a baby, a little baby. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I would have rented it. Well, my parents would have rented it from the local Video 99, as it were. Mm-hmm. But I remember loving it. That was, the, and I remember it was one of those movies that like everyone on the playground after, because again, we were nine and ten when this came out, quoting it constantly, like smoking and like all the the somebody mass, stop me, yeah, all yeah. that crap. We'd be saying nonstop. So. In my mind, going into this movie, he's in the mask most of this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, my memory of this movie is him in the mask. It's not him being Stanley Ipkiss. It's him being the mask. Yeah. The whole time, which we will learn is not correct. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, what about you? For me, I think I managed to convince my dad to see Ace Ventura in theaters. And because we saw Ace Ventura in theaters, we did not see this in theaters because he was not willing to go see that movie. <laughs> yeah. He did not want another Jim Carrey experience after seeing Ace Ventura. And he wanted us crazy because we started doing this podcast because with the pandemic, we couldn't go with the pandemic and having a toddler. Mm-hmm. Couldn't be going out to the movies. We both love movies. So we started watching movies that were older, like revisiting. It's like just sort of like a, we kind of just unintentionally started doing it. And every Friday night, we would watch a, an older movie that we remember fondly. Mm-hmm. And we were realizing some of them held up and some of them didn't. And I'm pretty sure one of the ones we watched was Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura was one of them, yeah. And I remember thinking, this does not hold up. No, I did not. Which I think is one of the movies that kicked the ball rolling on this podcast. Because So that's why I was very like, I wanted to do The Mask mm-hmm. and I wanted to do Liar Liar. And Liar Liar comes a little later. We'd just done a string of 97 movies. So I went with The Mask. But I was very hesitant to like despite them both being huge movies to jump into a Jim Carrey movie because of how let down I was by Ace Ventura Mm -hmm. so at the end of the movie I podcast we'll see if I was right to be hesitant or wrong Mm -hmm. but it was one of the things I was like he was the biggest star at the time which is funny which is crazy because if you look into any of the back story for this he'd signed to do this before Ace Ventura was a hit. Yeah. So it for them, it worked out well. Yeah, they got like him for a, like a song. Yeah, they got him for nothing. Like he, they were trying to elevate him because he was the star of In Living Color. Yeah. That's That was the plan. Yeah. And sure enough, Ace Ventura came out and he was already huge because of that. I remember once in a blue moon, I'd be able to watch In Living Color and loving him. I again. loved it. Fire Marshal Bill. Yeah, was, everything he did was great. Yeah. And like, yeah, he, the whole show, and then the color was great. It was very subversive and it was a cool alternative to SNL, but wasn't SNL, mm-hmm. and which is the one that has kept on trucking all these years. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was a little hesitant, despite really remembering all of Jim Carrey's stuff so fondly from my childhood. So I was hesitant, despite being a huge Jim Carrey fan as a kid. But like, what kid wasn't a huge fan of Jim Carrey? It's like he can make you laugh with a simple flailing of his limbs. <laughs> yes. So should we should we get into to the movie? Can we? Yeah. Because I have to say, 
the first thing that caught my eye. <laughs> you like, what the hell? What? I was very interested. I didn't remember the start of the movie started with underwater welding. Yes, the underwater, the they, and then they, one of them dies. I wrote that down. The first thing I wrote down was that scuba diver is dead <laughs> because like, what is it like a pipe that falls on him? Yeah. And, and then you never see him again. That dude is dead. But that's the thing. He's Underwater dead. welding is exceptionally dangerous as a job. As you can see why. Because you have the dangers of being underwater and the dangers of being a welder combined together at high pressure environments. Mm-hmm. So my first note is literally, oh, Underwater welding is very dangerous. Yeah. And I love ocean crap. Like, okay. you know this. Yeah. You, I love big boats. Yes. And I cannot lie. <laughs> I love deep sea creatures. Uh-huh. One of my favorite graphic novels is Underwater Welder, which mm-hmm. is mentioned in Invincible, which is one of your adaptations of what are your favorite comics. But yes. anyway, I can't wait to watch Sweet Two still. So, because Jeff's in there, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so, yes. it really no, was We're like, not a comic oh. book podcast, huh? Underwater welding. How interesting. <laughs> Do you know that underwater welders, like their starting salary is something like $500 an hour because of how dangerous it is? You know, one of the things that can happen and does happen more often than any other job, because I think it's the only job where it would technically happen, is if someone opens a pipe valve wrong while you're down there welding or something slips loose, you, the pressure is so high, it creates a vacuum and you can be sucked into the small pipe that's like six millimeters around and your whole body gets sucked into the pipe. You die instantly. Well, no shit. Underwater welding is really dangerous. So I was really like <laughs> focused in on that at the start. I was like, oh, and then he did die. And I was like, yep, I was right. Yeah. <laughs> Very dangerous. So anywho. Yes. We're not an occupation podcast either. <laughs> I was going to say WSAB, but any American listeners would be wouldn't like, know what? Wouldn't get it's that. Asha there. Yeah. And then we get into... Stanley. Yeah, we get to meet Stanley. I I remember that like he's supposed to be like a sad sacky dude. Yeah. But like something that really didn't register with me until this viewing, and I guess this is jumping ahead a little bit too. That's okay. Is they basically explain that the mask brings out your innermost desires and and withheld motivations and such. So Dorian, the villain of the film, mm-hmm. he puts on the mask and basically becomes himself with like jacked up necks, you know, like and face muscles and face muscles. Like that's literally the only difference is he's he's stronger and and uglier. That That's basically what happens with him. Stanley puts on the mask and becomes a super horn dog and a Tex Avery cartoon. Yeah, like. But like a lot of horny stuff. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like, and he, like his whole characterization is very horn dog. And it's funny because, and we get into the the stuff where he's with the reporter who does the advice column. Yeah. And like he's Mr. Nice Guy. He's and- super Mr. Nice Guy. Like like, and I don't mean in the sense of like, oh, he's a nice dude. He's full on an internet nice. He's an guy internet nice that guy. Became a thing. I think if he was played by anyone else by jim carrey i would not have liked the the character Mm -hmm. but jim carrey's performance again like i said i remember going into this movie thinking he's the mask like the whole time but he's barely the mask Mm -hmm. and i found the scenes where he was the mask borderline annoying (laughs) (laughs) but honestly stanley as a character i found compelling because yeah he was a nice guy Mm -hmm. he he was horny as hell 
obviously, if he's getting walked on by all these people, he's very sexually repressed. Yeah, he's a horn dog. He's nice guys finish last attitude kind of thing. But like at the same time, he never treats anyone like shit because of his own self image. He's really nice to Cameron Diaz. Yes. He's really nice to the reporter. I don't remember her name. Janice. She's she's played by Yasmin Blee. Or Yasmin uh yeah, no it's not Yasmin Blee. No, it's something Yazbek. Amy Yazbek. That's, like that. Yeah, that's not quite Yasmin Blee, but you know who I'm talking <laughs> I about. I know, yeah. He's nice to his buddy, like he's polite. And like part of it, yeah, like he's nice to the the car dealership guys who rip him off, like the mechanics who rip him off. So part of it is he's unable to deal with confrontation. But even in moments where things are it's not like Cameron Diaz walks in, mm-hmm. going to open an account, and although we find out very quickly she's not there to actually open an account. No. But he's not like being that typical nice guy to her that you'd expect with that kind of like repressed attitude. He's not immediately, you know, horn dog asking her out. He's not immediately telling his buddy like oh you know whatever she's probably a slut you know like he's he's (laughs) right none of that bad stuff that really comes with being one of these nice guys Mm -hmm. he genuinely is a nice guy with a poor self-image who doesn't take it out on other people Mm -hmm. so really i found him sympathetic at the end of the day i found him sympathetic and i think jim carrey did a really good job of towing that line of pathetic without being oh buddy i just this guy is the worst Mm -hmm. he keeps him charming like he treats his dog nice and he has a love of cartoons which is charming in the way he does it he's not calling i don't know tweety bird his waifu or something This is a little before that, though. But you understand what I mean, right? He, like, yeah, like he went, he watches the cartoon, and they don't show him lusting over the cartoon ladies. Not just they that, just show he, him enjoying cartoons. He enjoys it as escapism, but he doesn't consider any of the characters are not reality to him. Mm-hmm. They're just an escape that he enjoys. It's like you enjoy video games, and I enjoy video games, and uh, like he doesn't personify these characters as his real life friends they're just a a hobby he enjoys Mm -hmm. and that again it keeps it from going too far and i think if this movie came out now the writers would probably take it too far into that into that yeah like applejack's my waifu i have a pillow with a vagina you know like maybe not that far well not quite but still i think that's where they'd go with it which you know still haven't seen the son of the mask so i wonder where that goes with it Son of the Mask goes very... I've, I hear it's I, terrible. That's what I've heard, too. Which I've is never, why I haven't watched it. I've never seen it, but I actually watched like a Jamie Kennedy thing. Like He's been doing... Jamie Kennedy has a YouTube channel where he talks about how he got like behind-the-scenes stories about how he got involved in, in movies. Yeah. And the reason I started watching it was because we've been watching the the, the Scream movies. Yeah. And he talks about how he got cast in Scream and, and how he got cast in Scream 2, because apparently that wasn't a, a sure thing at the time that he was coming back, even though his characters lived. Yeah, but he talks about that, and one of the things he talks about is Son of the Mask and how that movie came about. So I, I, I've I've seen a lot of things about like 
what that movie was supposed to be and then what it ended up being. And, mm. and yeah, no. So I have no interest in watching it because I, I think I've seen enough from just like little clips in these videos of like, okay, I get what's going That's on. Here. Me. I'd be interested in watching that. Yeah. But like, and the other thing too is the stuff with Stanley, because the stuff with the mask, mm-hmm. it is over the top. Yes. It, it's, it is it, cartoons. Like it's it, cartoons, but like ramped up. And what was with this era? And like, I realized as a movie, it's like there's a fair chunk of this movie that is leaning heavily into some Who Framed Roger Rabbit stuff. And then there's also that movie Cool World that came out around this time. And I'm like, what was with this like era wanting cartoons? And then, and then of course, Space Jam. Space Jam. Like wanting to bring cartoons into reality, and like, but the thing is, they were making money, so they're just like, "All right, how do we? What next studio? How do I profit off this?" Right? So, I mean, on one hand, I'm like, "Why?" And then I'm like, "Oh, right, money." Mm-hmm. But the stuff with Stanley is genuinely still funny, but more subtle. And like, but the one thing I found I laughed pretty hard at is when he kicks that car. That he gets is the loner, and it just and it just falls, falls apart. completely apart, and it just completely, but like it's like breaks, 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 breaks. Yeah, yeah. I honestly thought that was quite funny, and like, but like again, it was the stuff with Stanley that I found funnier mm-hmm. than the stuff with the mask. Anyway, your thoughts? Well, it's it's interesting, like especially knowing now a lot more about the mask like the funny thing is is the mask you, you refer to the mask the mask is based on a comic book yes that and and it's a dark horse comic book and it is very different yes like do you are you aware of how different it is yes okay so it is bloody as hell yeah. like the the uh, the original mask like a perfect example of of a scene that is in both the original mask story and in this movie and how different they are is when he's in the park and the cops descend on him and he comes out of that that room and he's surrounded by cops and there's cops everywhere. In the movie, it becomes a dance number and he sneaks away while everyone is dancing. In the comic book, he blows all of those cops away. He kills all of them. Yeah, it's a little dark. Yeah, like he kills the, the mechanics he kills that lady, the old lady in, in his oh, apartment. Oh, the super. Yeah. Like there, it's very, the dog is not in the, so I can't, so the dog doesn't kill anybody because the dog is a, a creation of the movie uh. and not as part of the book. But also the interesting thing too, and, and I can see why they didn't go with this. The, the actual mask, the mask is actually not called the mask in the book. He is called Big Head. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know why, but his name is Big Head. And and like in the movie, they're like, oh, you know, you watch the news reports and they're like, oh, the mask. Who's the mask in, in the comics? They're like, who is Big Head? Yeah, I guess his head is slightly bigger because of the padding. But... Yeah. And, and the other thing that is not the same in the movie that is the same or that is that is in the books is you stop being the mask. Stanley, at the end of the movie, he... he well, yeah, but I mean, he, I don't, I don't mean like when you stop becoming like being the mask, you stop using the mask. So Stanley at the end of the movie decides, oh, I'm, I'm a better person without the mask. I've, you know, I've, I've grown as a person. I don't need the mask anymore. Yeah. In the, in the books, you stop using the mask when you die. Oh. Like Stanley is killed for the mask by his girlfriend. 
the girlfriend he saves in the first in the first story in the second story she puts on the mask and kills him oh. yeah that's I this comic that's how mad that's how stanley's story ends yeah they made it definitely a lot more family friendly they definitely made it more family friendly yeah like the closest thing to the original mask and i wrote this down as well is the scene where he is being mugged and then he's doing the balloons and then he pulls out a gun Mm. except in the different the difference is is if that was a scene in the comic he would not have missed he would have killed all of those people gotcha yeah and the, okay so i assume in the comic because I, again i haven't read the comic i assume the comic his girlfriend is not a sexy lounge singer i can't recall like i've actually not read the comic but i remember i fell down this rabbit hole of the mask like because because mm. there was a there was a i saw a catalog and it was a comic called The Mask Returns. And the cover is is Big Head. It's like a zoom in on his face. And it's the same thing with the exaggerated teeth and everything. His eyes are way more exaggerated in the mm -hmm. in, I know the, the cover comic. you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And there's just blood all over his face. And I was like, wait, what? And 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 then I fell into this mask rabbit hole looking up like, what is the mask actually about? And mm -hmm. and that's how I found all this stuff out. But well, yeah. think about like there's lots of things that are like look at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, yeah, Ninja the the very first comic they kill the Shredder. Yeah, that's how the first comic ends with them killing the Shredder. Yeah, so like, <laughs> like a lot of comics are a lot darker, especially the more indie comics. Yes, like that they're yeah. a lot darker. It's almost it's almost the reverse of when they take like an R-rated movie and they turn it into a kids cartoon. Yes. Except in this case, they took an R-rated comic and turned it into a kids movie. Yeah. It's not even. It's not. A, it's not a kids movie, but it's. It's, it's like, what is it like rated PG or something? Yeah, it's like, it's I it's as a kid. yeah. It's not dark enough that you couldn't allow and a child a lot to of, see. And it. I was gonna say a lot of the stuff that happens in it, a kid, the darker aspects of it, I don't think a kid would understand. Yeah, like the fact that you know Stanley and Cameron Diaz almost blow up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. You just you know you don't comprehend that as a kid. I do also another and again like so much of the stuff that stood out to me and was memorable to me was Stanley stuff and funnier like when he's trying to prove to Ben Stein that the mask works yeah oh my goodness like and then how I mean Ben Stein turned out to be a crazy person I don't know if you know that I did know that yeah he he's like one of those space lizard people yeah he's an odd duck for yeah. sure but like back at this point like obviously he's known for just being a very like he's like very like Bueller. straight man Bueller. yeah Bueller. do you remember win ben stein's money i used to watch that yes! all the time yes i do actually it was a interesting take on like a trivia show mm -hmm. i don't know but yeah like scenes like that when stanley is doing stuff are generally funny and i, I I don't think there was really any scenes with the mask that I found really funny made me laugh. Yeah. Like the stuff with Stanley did. Here's a question. Yeah. I guess I'm just old. I, I maybe, I mean, cause of the, the mask stuff is very cartoonish and this is actually what I was leading to with the, here's my question. What did you think of the mask effects? How did you think they aged? Very well. Yeah. I was honestly pretty impressed. Do you know that? Because like one of the things I didn't know back as like a kid is like notice is that even his teeth are bigger in the mask. Yeah. Jim Carrey actually learned to talk in those teeth so they didn't have to ADR it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Like 
I, I know the one thing that they they did is they said that they saved a lot of money on effects when it came to him putting and taking the mask off because he was able to contort his face so well that they they didn't have to do much effects on his face to make it look like the mask was like sucking his face off or yeah 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 like he honestly like a lot of the stuff like when he was zooming around in the apartment it was a little like there there is just some stuff that doesn't look good like um when he eats the bomb yeah when he eats the bomb doesn't look good at all um, oh i thought sorry i guess when you said effects with the mask oh you meant like the makeup effects yeah oh yeah no the makeup stuff looks great okay any of the cg stuff like like the oh, okay yeah no 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 a lot of that stuff doesn't hold up as great i thought you were talking about like the actual effects on his head yeah no that's i would have i would have mentioned the makeup there but... well you kind of did like this hand movement as you asked oh okay <laughs> i think you were talking about like pointing to the mask in the sense of like when he is the mask that might be yeah. and not the mask itself effects yes yes so anyway sorry my confusion no worries no worries but no like yeah some of the effects aren't super great the yeah. effects on the dog were a little like like the cartoonish face on the dog was kind of i was like like it wasn't like terrible, but I was just like, I don't know. This just seems there was there was a lot of it. Like, there was some stuff that looked better than others. Yes, like when when he's in the nightclub and he's like freaking out over Cameron Diaz. That stuff looks pretty good. Like when he turns into the wolf and stuff. Yeah. And but like some of the more like stretchy bits. Yeah, you know, like yeah. when he when his legs are all wobbling around. That doesn't look that great. And 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 the one that stuck out to me more than anything, like I said, was when he's eating the bomb. It just looked terrible. Yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah. But but like again, and we say this with so many movies, anything practical looked great. Yeah. And I'm wondering how much like in 20 years, when we look back on something epic like Avengers Endgame. Are we going to think that looks like crap? Are we going to think those effects look like crap? Because remember, when this movie came out, we, we thought this was great. Mm -hmm. Like, I will legitimately say I thought the effects in this were amazing as a kid. I know I did. Are we going to have the same thought like when Ant-Man survives the bomb? Are we going to have the uh, same thought when all the heroes come through the teleporter rings? Like, are we going to be like... Wow, we were impressed by this. Meanwhile, you know, when yeah. it comes out in holographic 5D and stuff, I can taste time. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, like, no, are we going to sure. have these same? Is or... it going to be so good? I mean, some of the stuff right now is so good that, you know, you can't even tell the difference. Like you, you watch, you watch a scene and, and you see like the demo reel at the end, like it's included on the DVD features where it's like, here's the scene. And here's all the effects work we did with it. And you wouldn't even have well, known actually, unless you've seen it. Some of that stuff is subtle. I'm talking about oh, the yeah. big effects. But I'm saying like when we see that in 20 years, are we going to be like, oh, that was so obvious. Yeah. You know? Like, it's really hard to say. And because we have no basis of comparison for anything that's better. Yeah. So that's kind of. So like, when we see scenes of like superheroes flying and stuff, mm -hmm. like are we going to be like, this looks like. Mm -hmm. or like when they actually give who's a big superstar that's gonna be when they give the timothy chalamet kid he's hot popular right mm -hmm. so when he's 40 and flying around as a character and they actually come up with a way to make him actually legitimately fly mm -hmm. for the effect we're gonna be like that looks great seeing you know 
Iron Man fly in CG is garbage. Mm-hmm. So who knows? I'll I'll bring this up for you though. Yes. Here's something that no matter what time period you're in, aged like a, a sweet wine, is all of the '90s villains ponytails. <laughs> Oh my god, yes. They all the villains in this movie look so nice. And that guy who we thought was bald at first and then, and then he's got a ponytail. Turned, it's not even a ponytail, it's a braid. It's a braid. Is it's like a rat tail braid, but he's bald everywhere else. But it's not even small. It's I would say it's got a good diameter of at least three and a half, four inches. Well, you gotta have something to, for that hair to grow on. You gotta have a thick braid, right? Yeah, like I was like what is this guy doing with his hair choices that had to take time to grow now imagine if he walked into the studio like on the day of filming and he just had a long imagine he had hair like he had like fabio hair and they were like you know it would look "Mm." great it's in your contract we're gonna shave your head and you're gonna have this braid sticking at the back of your neck this is your big break (laughs) you're the guy who holds the gun sideways he did though. Yeah, I know. That's why it's his big break. He's the guy who holds the gun. Sideways gun. He's also, you know what? He's. I. I would say that that guy is more memorable because he is the guy who's holding Jim Carrey during the. They got me, and, and he, cause he's coughing on him. Yeah. That that <laughs> bit of the mask bits that were funny. That was probably one of the funnier ones. I agree. I agree. You know, what I didn't know. Again, this was the first time I noticed watching this movie and i remember I, I saw it quite a few times as a kid S- swinging way back to when he gets revenge on the mechanics he actually stuck car parts up their assholes yep i didn't realize yeah you that. put a muffler in their butt yeah you would muffle your toots <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe or because of the shade would it make them but okay so the next thing then it becomes like is the mask a villain is he a good well, he guy? robs a bank at he one robs point. a bank he like not attacks but sort of attacks his landlady mm-hmm. like the mask isn't really a good person no in the comics especially in the, in the comics but he's no, not considered movie, a hero at all i know i know but i'm just saying like but he's not he's ambiguous we'll mm-hmm. go we'll give him ambiguous but so then it becomes the the cop is investigating him, the detective, and they're like, "Oh, we took fingerprints at the bank, and Ipkiss's prints were all over it." It's like he works there. Yeah, this would never hold up in court. Yeah, <laughs> not for an instant. Like, so we found Ipkiss's fingerprints at the bank. It's like, great. Could it be possible that it's because like, the defense lawyer would be like? Yes, he's worked there for three years. His fingerprints would be all over the bank because he worked there mm-hmm. for three years. And then the the judge would be like, stricken from the record. And it's like, sustained. Gavel. See, but the thing bang, though, bang. but the thing though is, is if they didn't put him in jail, we wouldn't have had the great dog rescue sequence. That was pretty cute. Because that dog is like the best thing in the movie. Oh man, remember in the 90s where all the best like dog stuff was Jack Russell's? That dog, it's like the best actor in the movie. That it's... dog won an award for its acting in this movie. <laughs> I'm not shocked. Yeah, no, this dog actually did win an award. Um, that dog does double takes. Like, I mean, I know there's probably somebody standing just offside, like wagging a piece of bacon at it. But like, 
Well, you remember, you remember Frasier. Yeah. They had the dog. What was the dog's name in Frasier? Milo. No, was it Milo? No, Milo was the dog in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> was it Milo in that too? No, it couldn't have been. Was it? It was a different Jack Russell in that movie because yeah, this movie no, has was... a smooth hair. And that movie was... Uh, Frasier was like a shaggy. It was a long one. hair. So... Was it named Milo as well? No. No. Oh, so. <laughs> so at the Kids' Choice Award, the Blimp Award went to Max for favorite animal star. Wait, was the dog Max or Milo? No, Max is the actual actor. Oh, the dog's name, real name is Max. He was in two movies? Two movies. The Mask. And then six years later, a movie called Mr. Accident. Oh. I do remember the Frasier dog was like hugely popular. And then his son took over. Was the dog Wishbone as well? No, that no, was a different no, Jack Russell. That was a completely different. No. Moose. No, Moose played Eddie the dog. On, on The Frasier. dog's name was Eddie. Oh, okay. There we go. And he was my dog Skip. Oh, fancy, fancy. I remember what Wishbone looked like, and he was neither of those dogs. He was a, he was a Jack Russell, too. No, yeah, but he wasn't this, either he was of those He was a smooth hair Jack Russell. Yeah. But Jack Russells were everywhere in the 90s. They were like the acting because they are very like trainable. Do you know that Moose lived for 15 years? That's a long time for a doggy. Yeah. Yeah, no, Wishbone is a smooth hair. But it's just anyway. So, it, but we're not a dog podcast. Oh my god! But you know what I mean. Like it was just like this again. It was like the mid to like mid nineties. Jack Russell Terriers were the only dogs in cinema. It felt like because mm-hmm. we went through phases, right? There was like in like war times, it was German Shepherds, and then there was Collies, and I don't know. And now it's like Labs, right? Like yeah. everybody's like all about Labs. One thing that I thought was really funny about the dog too, and I wrote this down. <laughs> The dog and the dog and Wishbone's real name is Soccer the dog. Soccer. Soccer the dog. Okay. <laughs> one one of the things that happened in this movie with this dog that I thought was really funny. The the whole movie it's it's dog noises like it's real dog noises. Mm-hmm. And then there's one shot in the movie where it's clearly just a guy going rough. Just one time. <laughs> Could they just not reuse a sound effect? Do you think it was what's his name who does all the animal noises? Oh, what, Frank Welker? Yeah. No, I, I don't know, but it was just out of nowhere. This one time was very clearly a person versus the rest of the movie, which was like real dog barking noises. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I just don't like how much time we spent on, on the dog. <laughs> oh, I have. So. Stanley obviously has some control over the mask to some degree. You would think so, considering Dorian has such control over the mask, right? Yeah, so I feel like Jim Carrey doesn't really remember what happens. It's almost like he's possessed, whereas Dorian is like, yeah, he's got full control. Yeah. But at the same time, like when Jim Carrey mask is running away from the cops in the one scene, he takes the mask off. Mm -hmm. Like, why? Because, like, he could easily have gotten away. Again, I know it sets up that he goes to jail and he's got to rescue the girl. Yes. And da, 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 da. But, like, it doesn't make any sense. There's a lot that doesn't make sense. Like, overall, the, the, the plot is 
Mm-hmm. I mean, the plot that they were going with was loser guy, special mask, profit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because even like the villain. Motivation is thin. Yeah. Like, like he's like, I'm going to take over from the already existing villain. And then they don't really elaborate on like the existing villains. Anything? Uh, yeah. Like the only thing I know about that villain, besides the fact that he can threaten people with golf, is that he threw a charity bonanza at his club. Yeah. His he, club for criminals. A charity bonanza for children. But I mean, think of it like a lot of, you know, it's a good way to probably, um, 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 um what's the word I want? Um, Philanthropy? Embezzle. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Embezzle some of that charity money. So, I, I, I don't know. Maybe he's like Wilson Fisk in it, right? Where yeah. he tries to pretend to be part of the, the community. And meanwhile, he's really that guy behind everything. That is very common. Look at the Yakuza. There you go. But no, like, again, when he first shows up in the movie, my first thought when you're right, because the, the mafioso who's like the crime boss of the town. Who has who another Dorian, sweet ponytail. Yeah, who Dorian works for. Mm-hmm. Him showing up, I was like, oh, here's the big bad. Mm-hmm. He's not. No. That guy is inconsequential. 100%. Dorian shows he's, up and... Sorry, go ahead. He doesn't even kill that dude. He no, just shows up and he's like, I'm in charge now. Like, that's the thing. Like, all he is is Dorian's motivation to get more power. Yeah. But even then... They don't they don't expand upon it enough. They need maybe a little like one more scene. But at the same time, I feel like the movie runtime was just perfect as is. Mm-hmm. I think any more it would have been like, oh, this movie is dragging. So maybe best that they just leave it to your imagination that behind the scenes, there's like he's been scheming against this guy for a long time to usurp his power. Right. So, but yeah, and then everything wraps up in a neat little package. Stanley gets the girl. Stanley gets the girl. And like, again, I'm happy for him because he never does anything where it's like Cameron Diaz, bad choice. He's not really a nice guy. He Mm -hmm. actually is genuinely a nice person. At the end of the day, yeah, he's got a bad self-image, but he genuinely is a nice guy, not just a guy who calls himself nice. Okay, here's a question. Here's a question for you. The reporter. Do you think that she genuinely had feelings towards him and then, you know, t- decided to turn him in for money later? Because they they actually set that up. Mm-hmm. They as, did a decent they, job bait her, switching that. Yeah, her, her motivation is actually very well done because, like, you see her at the beginning and she makes a comment about, like, you know, oh, a, a girl like me would like a guy like you. But by at this point in the movie, he's not the mask yet. Like, or he might have just been the mask one time. So she's not looking for him to be the bounty guy. So she genuinely says something to that effect about him. Like, she genuinely seems to have feelings for him. She does mention in that speech that she needs money. Mm-hmm. And then also later on, when the guy from The Water Boy, the guy who's in all of Adam Sandler's movies, <laughs> whose name I can't remember. I don't know if you caught that cameo. The guy who's. One of the reporters mm-hmm. who comes out and he says that he's going to go down to where Stanley is, where he's being the mask. And then she's like, I'll go instead. And you go home to your family. It's it's a cameo. Well, he's not cameo. It's just he's an actor in the movie. It's mm-hmm. it, He's in a whole bunch of Adam Sandler movies. 
Blake Clark? I guess. He's the guy who took over for Jim Varney as Slinky Dog. Yeah. Yeah. He was Sean's dad in Boy Meets World. Oh, well, there you go. I just should have said that and you would have I knew instantly known instantly who I was talking about. But yeah, he shows up and, and she talks to him about like, oh, yeah, I need the money. And yeah, then, they do and a then, great job. Of setting, and it, literally, it's like a few lines of dialogue. You're right. Yeah. Her character's name is Peggy. Yeah, Peggy. And also funny, I don't know if you remember, there was a cartoon that came out after this. Yes. And it has um, Rob Paulson plays the mask. He plays Stanley. Not shocked. He plays Stanley and the mask. Peggy is in the show as his best friend. Do you know in the original cut of the movie, Peggy got fed into the newsprint machine? Yes, she was killed after. Yeah, they cut that scene out. I did yeah, see that. It was a little too dark. Yeah. <laughs> but in, in the cartoon, she's his friend. And Cameron Diaz's character is not in the show at all. Yeah. So I, I thought like, that was yeah. a very interesting reversal of, of roles there in that sense. But Yeah, I feel like but, and that's the a thing. relationship element to a show like that just wouldn't work for kids no but the thing is is because of that cartoon i remember the cartoon better than the movie mm. when i knew that peggy was the friend from the show her betrayal actually came off as a surprise because i was like wait she's his friend so yeah, yeah. i had this feeling that i was like i was not expecting it yeah. i was not expecting it at all and i was like wait what so they do a good job. And they, like you said, they do a great job. It's a few lines of dialogue. It sets up that, yeah, she's broke as a joke. She's trying to become a legitimate reporter. She's just literally like, you know, holding on by her, the skin of her teeth to like her apartment. Mm-hmm. And it's like they do a good job with her character. And I get it. I'm glad she wasn't fed into a, a newsprint machine. A newsprint machine. But she is a very motivated character and like they do a good job with her and i'm a little sad we didn't see a little bit more from her at the end but i guess again she's in the cartoon in the in the yes you get her in the cartoon but i mean according to this the cut of the movie that where they cut that scene i mean as far as the movie is concerned she's dead yeah so she she's not getting wrapped up in a neat little baggage although sort of (laughs) but i will say one thing that did get changed I was reading into the the original ending, very, very similar to what happened. But Stanley throws, well, no, it's not Stanley. It's the the girlfriend. She throws the the mask into the lake. Mm -hmm. And then the friend goes after it. And then the dog goes after it. And the dog gets it. Yeah. The original version is the friend gets it. Yeah, because they were going to set it up for a sequel. Yeah. And sad news, that actor actually killed himself. Oh, Oh, well, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, he's not in. He's actually more known as a stand-up comic and writer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, he had his demons. and That uh, explains why I haven't seen him in anything in a while. Yeah. So anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what? That's a weird spot to end yeah. before we move on. So I'm going to tell you one fun fact. Yes, please do. About this. There was a Nintendo Power contest to win a cameo role in The Mask 2. Oh, and that never happened. And then that never happened. Oh, so and who won? So the guy who won, he actually, they gave him, because the, they they were like, oh, yeah, you win. You're going to be in the movie. You're going to get a you know a walk-on part. You're going to meet Jim Carrey, all that, that stuff. And then it was a while before they f- realized, oh, this isn't actually going to happen. So when it did happen that he wasn't going to, to get on, they, they basically went to him, and they're like, okay, look, it's not going to happen. We can keep waiting and see if they do it again. Or we can give you $5,000 and a bunch of like crap. 
And obviously, that's what he went with. Yeah. So he got $5,000, a bunch of Super Nintendo and, and N64 games nice. based on the time. And I think I also read that the voice actress who plays Princess Peach called him and had a phone call with him. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So that's uh, that was a nice uh, consolation prize. Although I did hear... They still got they they found out about this when they were doing Son of the Mask and they offered the guy the spot and he's like no I'm yeah good. I'm good yeah. <laughs> and not just that too it's like a while ago mm-hmm. and not like years ago but like last year there was a charity auction for a Zoom call with David Duchovny and Julian Anderson and I remember you were like oh you gotta go for it mm-hmm. and I was like no no because like. As Troy As says, Troy Barnes said, you can't disappoint a picture. Uh-huh. And like, imagine if the guy who won was like a huge fan of like Jim Carrey. Like, what if actually meeting him it was just like, eh, you, you can't disappoint a picture. Mm-hmm. So it's often not great so to the meet blessing you. in disguise. You think, hundred <laughs> percent. So I just saying like, because I've met like we talked about, I've met some celebrities and some celebrities I really like too. And thankfully most of my experience have been pretty good. One of them is very topical right now too. I met Tom Hiddleston in like 2015 and he's the nicest person and he's super cool. And yeah, he was just really nice. I know. Very thin. Okay. But the camera adds 10 pounds, right? So Uh I wonder what these guys like, Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth and Chris Pratt and Chris Pine. All the Chris's. The Chris's. Because they're the, the jacked ones, right? They're the really big ones. Mm-hmm. I wonder what they look like in person. Like me with no gut. Well, no. Like, <laughs> are, how big are they really in person? Because yes. like, the camera does change how you look, mm-hmm. right? So anyway. Yeah, no. So I could imagine the person who won that being like, Meh. I feel like you'd have to be have a huge ego to want to go through on um, one of those like because it's one thing because like when i've met these people it's been mostly at random and not like you're going to a meet and greet it's yeah. a big thing it's one-on-one you're sitting down for dinner like da da da. i feel like anybody who'd actually like want that narcissistic you know, I'll tell you a fun story and then we'll end it here and go into the, the usual end up. Yeah. I went to a concert once and at the time the band I was seeing and I won't I won't get into the band or anything like that was like my favorite band in the world. I wasn't able to go to this concert because I had to work. Yes. And I couldn't get the day off. But you know exactly what concert I'm talking about. And it just so happened that I won. They they were doing like a BlackBerry thing. It te- that should tell you the time period was it was a BlackBerry only contest where you messaged some, you BBM'd a certain number and then you entered a contest. And if you won, you got to go backstage and meet the band. And I won and I got to go backstage and meet the band. And I'll never forget the moment when the lead singer of the band asked me what my favorite song was. And I stared him dead in the face and said, I don't know <laughs> because <laughs> in the moment you froze up. In the moment I froze up and I couldn't did remember. You eventually answer? I did. And because you can't disappoint a picture, I blurted it out in the middle of another conversation. <laughs> so somebody else was talking and I was like, it's this. And everyone just stopped and looked at me. <laughs> 
<gasps> I married you. You married me. No, I mean, but I get it because, like, literally, whenever, you, like, when you're having a conversation and, like, when you're meeting, like, just random people, it's like, oh, well, what shows do you like? I don't, I don't watch TV. Yeah, it's like I watch TV all the time. I just, what's a TV show? Mm-hmm. There's literally a TV open with a show on it right now that's on pause, and I'm like. I cannot think of any TV shows I've watched recently. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. When you're like, on the spot. It's, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks. So delightful there. Yes. Well, anyway, with that fun story that had nothing to do with this movie out of the way. <laughs> Shall we talk critics? Yeah. Critics back in 1994 had thoughts on this movie. So, Laura, why don't you fill us in on some past reviews? Okay, so this this one actually is one of our rare critical is much higher than audience score. Interesting, on Tomatoes. interesting. It has a seventy nine percent approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It's certified fresh, mm-hmm. but a sixty eight percent score for audience. Okay, and Gene Siskel said Carrie and his aggressive overbite are back, but this time he's better used as an ingredient instead of as the plot. Mm-hmm. Roger Ebert. Always got to include my boy, Roger. Of course. The mask is a perfect vehicle. Vehicle? The mask is a perfect vehicle for the talents of Jim Carrey, who underwhelmed me with Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, but here seems to have found a story and character that worked together with manic energy. And then Owen Lieberman from Entertainment Weekly said... Carrie now has the clout to find a vehicle worthy of his hyperactive gooniness. When he does, we'll see if he's truly a gesture for our time or simply the moron of the moment. Wow. Let's get that on a t-shirt. I know, right? Like, <laughs> what? If someone said that, if I made a movie and someone said, is it the moron of the moment? I would put that as a review quote <laughs> on the cover because that's just a delight. Mm-hmm. It did get nominated for one Academy Award. Oh, really? For effects, I yes. assume. Yeah. It lost to Forrest Gump. Hell, well, I mean, they did a really good job of uh, Lieutenant Dan's legs. Well, and also incorporating him in all the historic stuff. That's less impressive than Lieutenant Dan's legs. I've never seen Forrest Gump. Oh, really? Lieutenant Dan loses his legs. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> if a movie's more than 20 years old, it doesn't count as a spoiler. I don't think so, no. The Titanic sinks at the Oh no! That's a historical spoiler. So I think love, that uh, I love when they re-released it. People are like, "Wait, it's real!" What's <laughs> <laughs> wrong with you? The schools aren't well. No, no. Oh, okay, dear. All right. Well, this is your pick, so your cho- you get to go first. I thought long and hard about this mm-hmm. because I did enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I was entertained watching it but not as entertained as i remember being as a kid Mm -hmm. Uh, and i know your tastes as a child are different but i just feel like it didn't hold up as much as i would have liked so i'm gonna go with a plane okay okay i remember when i was a kid i was really excited to see this movie because i thought it was gonna be as funny as i remember ace ventura being because i loved ace ventura as a kid i mean what kid didn't and then as we've recently discovered, Ace Ventura didn't didn't hold up that great. I was a little bored. 
And um, again, this isn't a record. This, I've, I've, I've prefaced this in the past before. This doesn't mean I hated it, but I'm going to give this a burn because I'm, I'm going to give this a not recommend. Wow. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's funny. Like Jim Carrey was the biggest star of the 90s. And I know we've only, again, done one of these movies on the show but we watched two in the last year or so yeah and neither i would say are ones where i'm like you gotta see this what i'd say it was okay which was it was yeah it was ace ventura i would not recommend no this this is one that it's just like i was it's it has its moments all of those moments are in the trailer (laughs) you know that's that's all you need to watch it very much is a product of its time too like Mm -hmm. it really smacks in 1994 yeah so i see i have faith if we do another jim carrey movie like from this time period i feel like dumb and dumber will be the one that i put my money on being the one that aged no you think that one's not gonna no okay yeah i know i know i'm i'm gonna get heat for not loving dumb and dumber Uh, whenever we get to it because we're not getting into it right now i feel like liar liar might be uh, i feel like liar liar is gonna be gold yeah. I really hope Liar Liar is going to be gold. When we get to it. Yeah. Because actually, I almost picked it once too. So. Wow. Yeah. But uh, that is going to do it for this week's episode. But next week, we will be looking at... X-Men. Wow. It literally came down to that moment when I was going to make my decision. I had two movies in mind. And I Interesting. couldn't Interesting. What was the other one? I'm not going to say because I'll probably pick it another time. Was it from the same era? Within 10 years. Does X-Men count? X-Men counts. It's 2000. We're in the 2001 as a cutoff date. Well, there you go. So, yeah, I go. this is our first of the more modern superhero movies. Yeah. Because we have we did Batman, yeah. but this is where it really... I was like, wait, which Marvel movie? And then I remember, yeah, oh, right, there's DC. There's DC movies, too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. So this is uh, launches the career of Hugh Jackman, and yeah. uh, and I remember it fondly. So, Same. and I watched it not too long ago, maybe 2019, and I feel like I I enjoyed it then. But let's see if you enjoy it. <laughs> I hope so. I remember loving it. I remember absolutely loving it. Mm-hmm. Well, then we will take a look at that movie next week. But for this episode of Burnt Popcorn, I am Mike. And I am Laura. And we'll talk to you guys again soon. Bye.